Hey, what's going on everyone? <clears throat> Welcome back to Babel on Talmud. Today we are studying Davchaf Aleph of Masechta Shabbos. Um, just a little bit of an overview of the page before we begin. So we will, the daf starts with continuing on our discussions of what is usable for wicks and things like that. Um, and then towards the bottom of Chaf Aleph, Amur Aleph, we start transitioning over to Hanukkah, which is really interesting. This is like the main um, source in the Gemara that discusses Hanukkah. It's the famous Gemara of my Hanukkah that they teach in all the high schools and stuff, at least all the high schools that I went to. And we're going to get to things like what wicks and oils can you use for Hanukkah menorah? What is the time that you should light your Hanukkah menorah? How many candles do you light? The famous Machlokas between Beishamah and Beishilah. Do you start with eight or do you start with one? Where do you put your menorah? And then, of course, the discussion of my Hanukkah itself. What is Hanukkah? So this all lays ahead of us in this very exciting daf. So without further ado, we are going to start on the first line of Chaf Aleph, Amud Aleph. Tanur Abanan, the rabbis taught, Kol elu sha'armu en malikin ba'en b'shabes, haval osin me'en medura, ben l'schamim k'negda, ben l'shtamish l'orah. Wow, okay. So all of these wicks that we said in the Mishnah that ain't madlikin bo, right? That you're not allowed to use, right? Like ain't madlikin lo belechesh, lo bechosim, lo bechalach, etc., etc., etc. So you're not allowed to use them for um, uh, Shabbos candles, okay? Haval osin mein medura. But you can use them, I assume what it means is that you can use them on Erev Shabbos to make like a bonfire, right? Whether you want to use that bonfire um, um, as a source of heat in the winter, right? Or whether you want to use it as a source of light because it's going to be dark out. It, it's fine. You can use any wicks you would like for that. Whether you're making this bonfire on the ground, whether you're making it in an oven, I mean, who really cares? The only thing that you're not allowed to do with these um, wicks is that you can't use them for Shabbos candles. Okay, very good, very good. Maybe there was some Havamina, I guess, that like if these wicks aren't good for Shabbos candles because they're going to flicker or whatever it might be, so maybe then it would be a problem also just like, for bonfires, because maybe there will be concerns, but the Gemara says no, no. Make make your bonfires for light and heat out of whatever you want. Vlo and kik. Okay, so we said that you're not allowed to use shem and kik. Now we defined shem and kik. If I can only find that um, definition, uh, shem and kik was castor oil. Castor is some kind of a plant, and it has oil, and that's shem and kik, and you can't use it. But the Gemara doesn't know that yet. My Shem and Kik. What is Shem and Kik? Amar Shmuel. Shiltinu l'chon yama. Oh. So Shmuel said, I asked all of the seafarers, right? All of those people go down to the sea. And my assumption was that it is talking about the Euphrates River. But they would probably use the Euphrates River to go out down through the, what was it? The, the Persian Gulf, was it? Or some Gulf. I think maybe the Persian Gulf. And then uh, to the rest of the world, I guess. Okay. And these seafarers told me that there's a certain um, bird in the cities of the sea, and its name is Kik. And somehow they make oil from birds. How do they make oil from birds? 
Maybe they're like certain fats and intestines and stuff that they would use for an oil, I guess. Okay. Rav Yitzhak Breda of Yehuda Amar says the Holy Rav Yitzhak Breda of Yehuda Mishcha de Kaza. It's a cotton oil. Okay. Rishlakish Amar Kikayon Diona. Oh. So Rishlakish says that it is the Kikayon that is referenced in the book of Jonah. Right? That Yonah sat under this, um, the shade of a Kikayon tree. Okay. Fine. So Rabbi Barachana said, I've seen a Kikayun Diyona. Now, Rabbi Barachana was an interesting guy. Anybody who's learned the Kutim Aran, who's learned, what's it, the first like 15 uh, Torahs in the Kutim Aran, or maybe 20, something like that, they all um, explain, they all fit into like a different um, like story of Rabbi Barachana seeing some crazy stuff. I think it's in Baba Basra. So, anyways, so Rabbi Barachana, of course, said that he's seen this Kikayon of Yonah, this, this, um, this, um, oh, well, how did I define this? This castor plant of Jonah. But it's Luliva dummy, and it is similar to a rickinous tree, okay? Umiduvshak rave, and they grow in these swamps. Ve'alpumchenvasa madlan yase, and you hang these plants, probably the leaves of them, um, uh, in the in the entrance to your store, umi avde mishra and umi avde mishra from its seeds from its pits they make um, oil umi poi and in its branches in its shade naichon kobrichi demayrava so all of the um, sick people of Israel would rest in the shade of this um, uh, kikayon tree. Interesting. Okay, weiter. Amar Raba said Raba, Psilos sha'amu chachamim emadlikin boyin b'shabes mipnei sha'or misachseches boyin. So these wicks that the chachamim said you cannot use them. How come? How come you can't use them as wicks? It's because the um, the flame flickers on them. The flame flickers on them, and therefore uh, therefore you can't. It's not a good light. Did Rashi say anything about that? Um, Says Rashi, Misachseches kimin sakin pigumash misachseches bebasar. Ah, okay, fine. Says she ain't oro zakuf v'noach b'makom echad. Right? It's 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 it, okay. Beseder. He's explaining what flickering is, but I guess that uh, maybe the point is that um, you need the whole point. I don't remember where this comes up. Right? There's like that idea that um, near, the the point of Shabbos candles is to, for shalom bias, so you'll be able to see. Right? Anyways, and if it's flickering, I guess it's not really a pleasant light. Yeah, we're going to have to learn more about this Shabbos candle stuff, because I still don't know where it comes from. Okay, fine. So these wicks that you can't use for Shabbos candles, um, it's because the flame flickers. Fine. Oh, and these um, oils that... Um, the Mishnah says that you are not allowed to use. It's because it doesn't um, sort of, it's not drawn after the wick, meaning it doesn't, I guess, like oil absorbs well into the wick and then the flame can keep on, you know, feeding off of the oil. Whereas all of these other oils that you're not allowed to use, they don't, they don't, they don't interact very nicely with the wick. Okay, fine. Very good. But I'm going Oh, okay. So now Abai asks Akasha from Rabba. What's his Kasha? Shmanim Shemin Koshu Viadlik. 
Abai says, okay, so we have a whole list of these oils that you're not allowed to use for Shabbos candles. However, what if you use those oils that you're not allowed to use, but you add a little bit of oil that you are allowed to use, like let's say like olive oil, and that, I guess, apparently rectifies the technical issues with those other oils. Meaning, the problem with those other oils is that they don't you know, absorb well into the wick. But apparently, if you would put some olive oil in these not good oils, that would solve the issue, and then all of a sudden these oils would start burning nicely. So Abai wants to know, what if you do that? What if you take um, some of these oils that don't burn nicely, you add, a, and therefore you're not allowed to use them, but then you add a little bit of olive oil, fixes the problem, they now burn just fine. Can you do this? Can you use a, an oil that is based on these oils that are not allowed to, but you kind of solve their problem by adding a little bit of olive oil? Do we say, no, you're still not allowed to use it because we're concerned that um, then you might end up just using the oils themselves without adding good oil, without adding something like olive oil. And that would not work. So to avoid a situation where you might think, oh, okay, what's the difference if I put in olive oil or if I don't to make it okay? I'll just use these possible oils alone and that would be a problem so therefore we say you can't even use it when you add olive oil oh low or maybe we don't make that because there maybe we'll say oh good solution add some olive oil and then these bad oils will burn these bad oils will burn just fine shalom yisrael so rabbi says no can't do it even if you add olive oil let's say or kosher oil to any of these non-kosher oils um you still can't do it says rabbi my timer how come? How come you can't do it, Rabbah? So he says, Because because we don't use them, meaning because they're puzzle. And because they're puzzle, um, we are concerned that if you add some olive oil to it, then you might end up using it on its own, and it's not kosher on its own. Therefore, we don't even use it with olive oil. Okay. Well, with any kosher oil. Fine. Eisve. But Abai is not done. He has Sakasha to Rabbah. Now, Rabbah, of course, was, was one of uh, Abai's Rebbeim, right? Rabbah and Rav Yosef were both the teachers of Abai. Now, Abai brings a brisa against his teacher, Rabbah. Korach dovish madlikimbo. Al-gabi dovish e madlikimbo. E madlikimbo. Okay, so the Tanakam of this brisa says that let's say you were to take, um, a wick, a kosher wick, and you would wrap it around something that you're not allowed to wrap it around. Um, Okay, so you take a kosher wick, you wrap it around something that you're not allowed to use as a wick. So Tanakama says that would not be acceptable. Okay. Amr B'Shim Ben Gamliel, Rav B'Shim Ben Gamliel said, Rav B'Shim Ben Gamliel says that in my father's house, Rav B'Shim Ben Gamliel you know what they would do? They would take a kosher wick, they would wrap it around a nut, and they would, and that's how they would light. And the Gemara says, Katani Mias Madlikin. And the Gemara says, You see? You see? You see? You're allowed to wrap, right? We see Rabbi Shimon says that you're allowed to wrap a wick that is kosher around something, in this case, a nut that is not kosher, and you can light it. So just like you can wrap a kosher wick around something that's not kosher as a wick and light it, so you should also be able to add a little bit of kosher oil to non-kosher oil 
and light that as well. Now, Rabba responds in the obvious fashion. Omrle, Rabba says to Abaye, Adimosav li Gamliel, Sayinu Midatanakama. Rabba says the obvious retort to Abaye, which is, Abaye, have you gone nuts? In this Brisa, there was a Tanakama, which is, ostensib- which is ostensibly the opinion of the Chachamim, which is the, 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 the accepted opinion. And the Tanakama said that if you wrap a kosher wick around something that would not be kosher as a wick, you can't use it. It would be not acceptable. Why are you bringing Reb Shimon ben Gamliel, who says that you are allowed to wrap a wick, a kosher wick, around a nut, why are you bringing that as a proof against me? Obviously, we're going to say, Yachid verabim, Allah Obviously, we're going to hold like the Tanakama. So what, 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 why, why would you think that bringing a proof from Reb Shim ben Gamliel would be an appropriate question on me? When the Tanakama seems to say exactly like me that you would not be allowed to use a kosher wick wrapped around a non-kosher wick and therefore it would follow that you would not be allowed to add kosher oil to non-kosher oil. So Abaye says, uh-uh. That, that, that is not going to work, Rabba. Halo kasha maise rav. Abaye says, yeah, but the thing is, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel was not simply disagreeing with the Tanakama. He was not simply saying that while the Tanakama holds that you wouldn't be allowed to wrap a kosher wick around a non-kosher wick, and Rabbi Shimon Gamliel is not simply disagreeing and saying, yes, you can wrap a wick around a non-kosher wick. No, he's not saying that. He's saying a story. He's saying a fact. He's saying, in my father's house, Rabbi Gamliel Azakin, they would wrap a kosher wick around a nut and they would light that. So Tanakama, you know, KO, right? Game over. Don't think, don't think that you can get away with saying that you're not allowed to wrap a kosher wick around a non-kosher wick because my father, Rabbi Gamliel Azakin, he wrapped a kosher wick around the nut and that's how he would light. So end of the story, of course you are allowed to um, wrap a kosher wick around something that you're not allowed to light with, and it would be kosher. And 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 zel, and and that and that's going to be the halacha. Um, that that's what is my silly story. My my rav. We actually have an actual story from a great rav in which in which he said that it was kosher, and and that, and that's why in this case, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel's opinion um, is 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 more valid than the Tanakhama's opinion. Okay, so we call makom kasha. So now we actually have a question on Rabbah. How could Rabbah say that you're not allowed to add a little bit of oil, of kosher oil to pussel oil, when we see that you are allowed to wrap a kosher wick around a nut, around something that you're not allowed to light with? My love, lahadlik, and mistama, Rabbi Gamliel was lighting everything. He was lighting the wick, he was lighting the nut, right? And, and, and therefore we're seeing that, um, he, you know, as long as the non-kosher wick was wrapped by a kosher wick, it would be no problem. And here also, as long as you have some kosher oil with the non-kosher oil, it should be no problem. No problem. Low, lack post. The Gemara answers, no. Rabbi Gamliel was not lighting the nut. 
the nut was just so that it would float on the oil. If you just put a wick right directly into oil, it would fall to the bottom and you know you wouldn't really be able to use it. He, he would wrap the kosher wick around the nut so that it would float in the oil. But you wouldn't light the nut. You know, lighting the nut would not be okay. And therefore, Rabba maintains his opinion that if you want to think that you can actually light the pustle oil because you add a little bit of kosher oil, no chance. But ilahakbos my time in the Tanakama. But one second, Rabba. If we're if the nut was really only there just so that the wick wouldn't float to the bottom of the oil, well then wouldn't sink to the bottom of the oil, well then what's the Tanakama's problem? Right? The Tanakama says that you would not be allowed to wrap this wick around this nut and light that. But if we're just talking about where the nut is to make it float, what's his problem? So the Gemara answers, Kula Reb Shimim he katane. No, the entire brisa, this entire brisa, there's no Tanakama in Reb Shimim Gamliel. Nonsense. It's all Reb Shimim Gamliel. And this, it's just missing a few words, and this is how you need to learn the brisa. Karach if you would wrap something that you're allowed to light with around something that you are not allowed to light with, you're not allowed to light with that configuration, right? When, when, you wrap some, when you wrap a kosher wick around something that you're not allowed to light with, right? Like a, something that would be non-kosher as a wick, no good. But by medvar mamurim, but in what context? That's only if you're planning to light the whole thing, to light both the kosher wick as well as the part that you're not allowed to use as a wick. That's not going to work. But if the thing that you're not allowed to light with, in our case that we've been using the nut, it's just so that the wick floats on the oil and doesn't sink. Well, in that case, mutter. In that case, it would be permissible. Because Abba Shimon Magamliel says, Abba psila agabi egos." Because Abba Shimon Magamliel said that in my father's house they would wrap a wick around a nut so that the um, wick would float in the oil and um, not sink, but they wouldn't actually light the nut. And therefore, in Rabba's case, um, therefore, you know, Rabba's opinion that if you would add some kosher oil to a bunch of non-kosher oil, it would not work. That is in line with this brisa as well, where they would agree that if you were planning to light the nut, then it would not work either. Okay. But Ini, is that really so? Is that really so, that if you add some kosher oil to the non-kosher oil, it would not work? But didn't Rav Brona say, in the name of Rav, if you take some fat, Right? If you take some of this chalev that, 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 that we've discussed, right? This fat that you're not allowed to eat. And you, and you melt it. And you, uh, dissolve it via heat. Or if you take intestines of fish that have dissolved. Okay. So Adam no sin lisocho shemen kolshu madlik. So then you can just add a little bit of olive oil, of, well, of, of, of kosher oil to it. And then you can light it. So while we said in the Mishnah, right, there was a machlok between Nacham Amadi and the Chacham, right, the Chacham said, Echad Uvoshul Vechad Shainam Uvoshul Eimad Likimbo, it doesn't matter if you've cooked it, it doesn't matter if you've dissolved it or not, it's still going to be no good. So therefore we know that Chelev Mehutach, this Chelev that's been melted down, 
we know that it wouldn't work. And yet, Rav seems to be saying, all you need to do is add a little bit of kosher oil and then you can use it. So new Rabbah, doesn't that seem to be saying that if you use a non-kosher oil and add a little bit of kosher oil, then it would work? So Rabbah would answer, Hane so Rabbi says, yeah, but there's a, there's a difference. All of these oils that are puzzle, you know, such as uh, Shemin Kik and Shemin Sreifa and all these things, it's because they don't work on their own. They're, they're, they're not good oils. They're not mamshich, right? If they, if they were good oils, then they would be kosher. The whole point is that these oils, they don't absorb well in the wick. They aren't good oils to use. Therefore, they're no good. But something like you know, um, cooked chelev, um, um, this cooked fat, or these dissolved intestines, they actually are a good um, oil. You know, in theory, there's really no reason why they shouldn't work. But the only reason why the Chacham said that you're not allowed to use dissolved chelev, uh, uh, um, um, dissolved fat, is because you're not allowed to use undissolved fat. And the only reason why they said that you're not allowed to use um, uh, fish intestines that have dissolved is because you're definitely not allowed to use fish intestines that haven't dissolved. So therefore, since you're not allowed to use them when you know when they're in their sort of raw state, the Chacham said don't even use them when you've sort of made them into a liquid and would actually be a fine fuel. And therefore, in those cases, if you add a little bit of kosher oil, then you can use it. But Abaye, what you're asking me, if you could just take any of these non-kosher oils and add some kosher oil to it, would it be good? No, it wouldn't be good. Those are exceptions. But then Abaye asks, But then Abaye says, yeah, but, but then why don't you make the Gezerah Oh, why, why don't you extend the gzera as well? Meaning, how come Rav is saying that if you use this chelev that's been, you know, you know, cooked down, or these fish intestines that have been dissolved, if you add a little bit of olive oil, then it then it works. Well, why don't why why, why don't why don't you just say the same gzera that since when it doesn't have olive oil, it's no good. So then adding olive oil shouldn't work either. So Rav says, come on. No, oh. Right, so Rabbi says, come on. That would be crazy. The reason why we don't use, you know, dissolved fat in the first place is only xera, because we don't want you to end up using the, re- the, the, the undissolved fat, the regular fats. But if already you're using fat that's dissolved, which theoretically would be a good oil, and then you're adding kosher oil to it. To say that you're not allowed to use that, lest you come to use, you know, the, the dissolved oil fats without the olive oil, which in and of itself is only gzera, so that you don't end up using it when it's not dissolved, we're not going to make the, you know, twice removed gzera. And that's why you're allowed to use, says Rabbah, that's why you're allowed to use, you know, let's say dissolved fat that you've added kosher oil to. But regular, um, you know, fat, regular chelev that you haven't um, right, that you add oil to, that would not work. Okay, wow.
Says the Gemara, Tani Rami Barchama, Rami Barchama taught. Psilos, uh, skip the next word. Sha'amu Chachamim in Madlikin Boyan B'Shabbos. So the wicks that the Chachamim said that you're not allowed to use for Shabbos candles, okay. In Madlikin Boyan B'Mikdash. Well, you're also not allowed to use them in the Beis Hamikdash for the menorah in the Beis Hamikdash. Mishum Shenemar, as the Pasuk says. Lahalos Ner Tamid. Because you have to raise up a, um, Ner Tamid. Okay. Hutani la vuhu amarla, and then, uh, Rami Barchama continued to explain what he means. Kidejite shall have us ola me'ilea, velojite ola aidedavrachir. Oh. That you need to ensure that the flame is able to go up and stand up on its own without needing, um, you know, help from any other source, right? When you, when you kindle the menorah, you have to kindle it until it's standing on its own. And therefore, you would not be able to use any of these wicks that you're not allowed to use for 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 Shabbos candles because those candles um, don't uh, hold the fire very nicely. They flicker, and they're going to need support from outside. And therefore, that's how we know that anything that you can't use for Shabbos candles, you can't use in the base of Mikdash either. Tanan. One second, we have a kasha. Mibloi michnesei kohanim umehem yoneim harimafkin umehen. Madlikin. It says in the context of the Simchas Beis Hashueva, what was the Simchas Beis Hashueva? That on Sukkot, right, they would do the Nisa Chamayim, the Nisu Chamayim, they would, they would, they would draw, um, water and they would, um, pour it into the Mizbeach. There was a special hole in the Mizbeach where they would, um, 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 do libation, water libations on Sukkot. And it was a whole, like, party over there. The Gemara in Sukkot describes all, all the festivities that they would do there. And it says over there that Mibla'i Michnesei Kohanim, that from the worn out um, 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 pants of the Kwanim, right? They had four right coin headyotes, they had four uh, uh, garments. They had Michnasayim, right? Which was uh, like pants, I guess. The Avnate, which was the belt. They had the Mitznefis, which was the cap. And then they had the um, the uh, Kutonet, which was the, uh, um, like, what's it called? Uh, tunic, okay? So anyway, so from the worn out Michnasayim, and from their belts, they would um, cut them up and they would make wicks for them. For the Simchas Beis HaShuev. Now, here's the thing. The belts that they made were actually made out of shatnas. They were made out of both linen and wool. I guess it was a Chiddush that they were allowed to be made out of shatnas. There are certain things that are allowed to be made out of shatnas. Tzitzis, I believe, are technically allowed to be made out of shatnas, even though we don't do it. Right? Shatnas is, of course, wool and linen together. So, 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 we had said yesterday, right, that... Um, Right, right, that they added on to the, to the wicks that are not allowed in the Mishnah, they added on wicks made out of wool and wicks made out of hair. So we see that you would not be allowed to use wicks made out of wool, and yet we seem to be saying that by the Simchas Beis Shreva they would use the worn out belts which had wool in them for wicks. So why are you telling me that you're not allowed to use any of these wicks that aren't acceptable for, for Shabbos? Right, anything that wouldn't be acceptable for Shabbos is, is also not acceptable in the base of Mikdash, but apparently they would use wicks that had wool in them from the belts of these Kohanim. So the Gemara says, Simchas Beis Shueva shiny. Don't bring a proof from Simchas Beis Shueva. And Rashi explains, because it doesn't say in the context of Simchas Beis Shueva lehalos, that you'd have to raise it up. And also it's not Mido uh, Raisa. Interesting. I guess that these that whatever was happening at the Simchas Beis HaShueva 
was not midah um, oraisa, at least this party and all that kind of stuff. I think that the 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 I believe that the first daf of Tainus talks about uh, why some, why, why nisuchamayim. I think it talks there why nisuchamayim is midah oraisa, but maybe this whole party and all that other stuff. All the meta stuff wasn't midoraisa. Okay, fine. Tashma, come in here. The Tani Rabbi Bar Masna, the Rabbi Bar Masna taught, Big Day Kahuna Shebalu, the um, clothing of the Kohanim that got worn out, Mafkiin Osan, they would tear them up, Umehen Ayu Osan Psilos and that's where they would make wicks for the Besamikdash, right? It's like a no, zero waste. Right? They would make clothing for the Quanim. And then when they got worn out, they would cut them up and make them for wicks. My love, the Kilayim. Numistama, what were they making into wicks? The belts, the belts that were made out of uh, wool and linen. So we see that um, they were using wool in their wicks. And the basic Mikdash, lo, the boats. No, they, they, they were using the, um, um, the war, the, um, the, 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 like, uh, linen garments. And, and that's what they were using for wicks. But they wouldn't use, um, Wool because it doesn't burn nicely. Omar Rav Huna says Rav Huna, and now we start moving into Hanukkah. Any of these um, wicks and oils that the Chacham said that you may not use for Shabbos candles, you also may not use them for Hanukkah candles. And that applies both for the Hanukkah candles that you're lighting on Shabbos, well, right before Shabbos, as well as the Hanukkah candles that you are lighting during the week. Amarav, my time with Rav Huna. Rav comes to explain Rav Huna's opinion. Kasavar kavsa zakukla umutu lishtamish laora. So Rav explains that Rav Huna's opinion is that kavsa zakukla, which means that if your Hanukkah light goes out, you have a responsibility to rekindle it. And because we're concerned that if you use any of these wicks that you can't, that, that, that are also on Shabbos because they're not good wicks, we're concerned that, um, right, that the, the wicks that are also for, for Shabbos candles, we're concerned that you might light the candles and then it'll go out because of the poor wicks. And then you're going to have a responsibility to now rekindle it and for whatever reason you won't. And that wouldn't be good because you're supposed to rekindle it and you're not. And to avoid that situation, he says, just don't use any wicks that are subpar. And the definition of that would be based on Shabbos, on the wicks you're allowed to use for Shabbos candles. So if you can't use it for Shabbos candles, you can't use it for Hanukkah candles. And he also um, holds that you would be allowed to get benefit from the light of the Hanukkah candles, right? Right, you'd be allowed to get benefit from the light. You would be allowed to use that as your lights, right? To to have light in the house, and because you're allowed to use it for, you're allowed to you know use the light of the Hanukkah candles. Therefore, you um, would need to have good wicks on Shabbos as well, because um, if they're not good wicks, then you might tend to the fire in order to um, make it make it um, burn better. Rav Chizda Amar, Madlikin Ben Bechol Avalo B'Shabbos. Oh, Rav Chizda's opinion is that you would be allowed to use these, um, you know, subpar wicks during the week, but you would not be allowed to use them on Shabbos. 
Because Kasava, because he holds, Kavsa ain't Zakukla. Because if Chizda holds, that if the light, that if the candles go out, you don't have to, um, you don't have a responsibility to fix it, to rekindle it. And therefore, you can use these um, subpar wicks during the week. And if it goes out, so it goes out. Peseder, you know, it's not the end of the world. However, on Shabbos, right, he holds, right, he says that you're allowed to use the light of the candles. And therefore, if you use a subpar wick on Shabbos, we're concerned that you might end up, you know, tending to the fire in order to make it a better light. And that would be a problem. So therefore, you're not allowed to use those subpar wicks on Shabbos. Amr of Zera, Amr of Masna, says Rav Zera in the name of Masna, Amrila, Amr of Zera, Amr Rav. Some say Rav Zera, Taka said the name of Rav. Psilos Ushmanim, Shamru Chacham, Shamru Chacham, Ein Madlikin Boyan Bishabbos, Madlikin Boyan Bechanaka, Bain Bechol, Bain Bishabbos. Oh. So if Chizda, so, so Rav Zera says that these wicks that they said that you're not allowed to use for um, these wicks and these oils that they said that you're not allowed to use for Shabbos candles, you are allowed to use for Hanukkah candles, both during the week and on Shabbos. I'm Rabbi Yirmiya, my time with the Rav. Rabbi Yirmiya says, what's Rav's opinion, right? Because Rabbi Zera was quoting Rav. Because Rav holds that if um, if if the if the fire if the Hanukkah candles go 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 out, you don't have to rekindle them, and it's also forbidden to get benefit from their light. So therefore, during the week you can use these subpar uh, you know wicks and oils, um, and if it goes out, so it's not that big of a deal. And also on Shabbos, since you're not allowed to get benefit from the light, anyways, we're not concerned that you're going to attend uh, to the light. Okay, fine, very good. Fine. Vaiter. Oh. So the rabbis then said this halacha in front of Abai in the name of Rabbi Yirmiya. Right? They said that um, you know if the you can use these wicks and 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 oils, whether it's during the week, whether it's on Shabbos, and um Zo, because because a kavsa ain't zakukla and also the shtamish kibla, and he didn't he didn't he did not accept he did not accept it from them, right? He's like, who's this Rabirmia? I don't know. He, he wasn't into it. Kiasa Ravin amrua rabban kamidabai mishmed rabiochlan vikibla. Oh, then when when Ravin came to Bavel from Eretz Yisrael, so then he said it. He said the same halacha, right? That you're allowed to use the 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 these wicks. And oils that would be also on Shabbos, you're allowed to use them for Hanukkah candles because Kavsa ain't Zakukla and also the Shamish La'ora. And this time though, Ravin said it, so it was Ravin and he said it in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. And now Abai accepted it because wow, it was from Rabbi Yochanan. And then he said, Omar Izakoi Gamirte Lishmaite Meikar. And he said, if I would have merited, I just would have listened the first time I heard it when it was said to me in the name of Rabbi Yirmiya. Ve'agamra. Why, why does Abayi care? At the end of the day, the important thing is, he learned Allah. Even if he missed it the first time around in the name of Rabbi Yirmiya, he caught it the second time around in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. So who cares? So the nafkamina ligirsa de yankisa. The nafkamina is because, right, this is like a, 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 one of those phrases, girsa de yankisa, right? The, what, 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 what you learn when you're younger, when you're yankusa, when you're like, 
I guess like yonik, like when you're, when, when you're nursing, meaning when you're younger, the girsa, the text, what you learn when you're younger, you, you, you remember it better. So Abayi says, yeah, sure, I got it. I got it again later, but I would have known it better and remembered it better if I would have just learned it when I was younger, when it was told to me the name of Abirmia. Oh. And the Gemara asks, Bechavsa ain't zakukla? One second. We're saying that Kavsa ain't zakukla, right? We just quoted the name of Rav, that if it goes out, you know, you don't have to uh, rekindle it, and therefore you can use these subpar, you know, oils and wicks. But one second, for a minute, we have a kasha, we have a contradiction. That the mitzvah for Hanukkah candles is from Shkiasachama, from the time from sunset, from when the sun goes down, until there's no longer anybody walking in the markets. My love, Dikavsa Adamadlikla. And Mistama, what this means, why is it telling us, right? Why does it just tell us, you know, light Hanukkah candles at sunset? It doesn't say, it says light Hanukkah candles at sunset until there's no longer anybody in the shuk. That sounds like that if throughout that period the um, Hanukkah candles would go out, you would have to rekindle them, no? Lo. Di lo adlik madlik No. The Gemara gives two other possibilities. Which one is that, no, all it's saying is that the window that you have to light Hanukkah candles begins at sunset and continues all the way until there's no longer anybody out in the market. And if you haven't let yet, if you haven't yet lit, so then light. Vinami the shiura. Or for how much oil do you have to put in? Do you have to put enough oil for like one minute and then it'll just go out in a minute? How much oil do you have to put in? So the amount of oil you have to put in is the amount of the uh, enough oil that it would stay burning for the amount of time that would be between sunset and um, no nobody left in the shuk anymore. Okay, fine. What exactly does it mean until nobody else is left in the shuk? So Amr, until nobody's left in the shuk. Oh. So it says until the um, the Tarmudai are gone. Who are the Tarmudai? Tarmudai are these people who would, um, they would gather together wood and then they would sell the wood in the market. And when, you know, uh, the, the, the business day was over, people would go home and they would realize, oh no, I'm out of wood. I need, I need wood for my fire. So they would go back out to the market and they would buy from these people. So, you know, once already, so these people would stick around in the market for a while, you know, until everybody who needs wood bought wood. So once those people are gone, then it's already too late to light Hanukkah candles, but the window would be from Shkiah Sachama until those guys are gone. Tan Rabbanon, the rabbis taught, Mitzvah Hanukkah ner ish uveso. Oh, what is the mitzvah of lighting Hanukkah candles? The mitzvah of lighting Hanukkah candles is that one candle per household. That's what it is. The mitzvah of Hanukkah is that in each, in each household, each night, there should be one candle lit. Ve'am mahajrin. But the people who are mahajrin, the people who like, you know, really care about mitzvahs, and they try to do mitzvahs as best as they can, as beautifully as they can. Ne'er l'chol echad ve'echad. So what they do is every single person in the household lights one candle every single night. Ve'am mahajrin ben'am mahajrin. 
What about those who are mamish mahajim and mahajim? They 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 try to do the mitzvahs in the best possible way. So now we get to the machlokas b'shamay b'sila. B'shamay omrim yom rishon madlik shmone mikan ve'elach poches v'holech. So B'Shamay says, well, on day one, you light eight candles. And then every single day, you decrease by one candle. So day one is eight, day two is seven, and then so on and so forth until you get to one. Which is like what we do. That on the first day, the first night of Hanukkah, you light one candle. And then you add one more candle every single night for the rest of Hanukkah until you get to eight candles on the final night. And Ula says that in, exp- in explaining the machlokas between Beisham and Beisil, there is um, a machlokas between two Amoraim in Eretz Yisrael, and they are Rabbi Yossi Bar Oven, Rabbi Yossi Bar Zvida. So one of them says that the... Um, Reason for Beishamai to say that you start with eight and go down to one is because they say that you light the candles based on the days that are yet to come. And therefore, since on night number one, there are still eight days ahead of us, so we write, we light, um, eight candles. On the next night, there are only seven days ahead of us, so we, we light seven candles. And Beishamai's opinion is that you light the Hanukkah candles based on the days that are going out, right? So meaning, so so on day one, you know, you basically, yeah, you know, and, and as Rashi says, the, that day is included. So kilo on day one, it's kilo, we have one candle because it's like we're done with one day. Then on day two, we're, you know, this is day number two, and uh, we're basically lighting based on the days that are we're putting behind us, okay? V'chad Amar, and then the other explanation for the machlokas between Beisham and Beisil is, Time of the Beishamai connected Pariachag. That the reason for Beishamai saying that you go down, starting at eight and going down to one, is like the um, oxen, like the like like the parim that we would, or maybe cows that we would um, offer on Sukkot, right? On Sukkot, um, we would offer on day one of Sukkot thirteen parim. On day two, 12 parim, day three, 11, and so on and so forth until the last day of Sukkot. We, and we would start from 13 and go down to, I guess that's uh, 7, right? 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7. Um, and therefore, since we go down when it comes to the uh, parim on in the Korbanos of Musaf of Sukkot, we also go down for the Hanukkah candles starting at 8 and going down to 1. V'tam the moridin. And the reason for Beisilel that we start with 1, we go up to eight is because um, we go up in holiness. We don't go down in holiness. And therefore, you know, we'd prefer to start at one and move up to eight rather than start at eight and move down to one. Amar Rabbi Barbachan, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, said Rabbi Barbachan, and then Rabbi Yochanan, Shnezkenim Ayu B'Tzidon, there were two elders in the place called Tzidon, Echad Oso Kibay Shamay, Vechad Oso Kedivay Beisilel. One of them did like Beisilel, the other one did like Beisilel. One of these elders um, explained that he was doing like Beishamai Keneged the Pareachag that went down in their numbers. And the other one said, I'm doing like Beishilel that Ma'alim Bakodesh Vemuridin. So it would sound like they were assuming 
like whichever of the two Amoraim that said, that explained the Machlokas Bisham and Bisil, in that way, that Bisham was saying Kineged Parachad, and Bisil was saying Malam Kodesh Vemurid. Oh. Toner Abonon, the rabbis taught. Nerchanaka mitzvah lanicha al Pesach beso mi bachutz. Oh. That the Chanukah menorah, you put it um, outside of the entrance to your home. Now Rashi points out that their homes were in yards, were in chatzeros, as we've as we know at this point. So they would put it outside of their front door of their home, but it was still inside of their chatzer. Okay. Now imhaya darba aliyah. What if you li- what if you don't live on a for- first floor and you don't have access to the chatzer? So then, so then, light it in your, you know, apartment, whatever floor you're on. And um, just light it by the window so that anybody in Rosh Hashanah would be able to see it. Okay? But what if there is a sakana? What, what if it's a dangerous time? So then you can just leave it on your table and that would be enough, even though nobody would be able to see it from outside. Since it's dangerous, it's okay. Oh, my Rava. Oh, Rava says you need a shamish, right? You need an additional candle, right? So that you can, um, you know, you use its light, right? Meaning, if you'd only have the Hanukkah candles, well, you're not, you wouldn't be allowed to get Hana. You wouldn't be allowed to, you know, get any benefit and, 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 and use the light of the Hanukkah candles for your own purpose. So therefore, you add an additional candle, and then it's keilu. You're getting, um, you know, your 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 light is coming from that additional candle, and that's what you're getting benefit from. But if in your house you have like a bonfire and you're getting light from that bonfire, well, then you don't need to add an additional candle um, to your Hanukkah menorah because any benefit, any light benefits you're getting are from the bonfire, anyways. But what if he's an important person? And important persons don't, people don't usually light big bonfires. They usually have candelabras to, to provide light for them. And therefore it might look like, you know, even if there is a, right? Even if there is a bonfire, they would still need a, um, additional candle on the menorah because, you know, it wouldn't be clear that he's getting enough from the bonfire because this person usually gets enough from candelabras. So maybe he's getting benefit from the candelabra. So then you would add a um, candle anyways to be sh- uh, certain that any benefit that he's getting is not from the menorah. Um, it's from this extra candle. Okay. Now the famous story of Hanukkah. The Gemara asks, my Hanukkah, what is Hanukkah? The Tanur Abanan, as the rabbis taught, Oh, so this is actually quoting Megillah's Tainus. We, we, we mentioned Megillah's Tainus on Daf Yud Gimel right? We said that it was written by Hanania ben Chizkiah and his friends. And Megillah's Tainus was this book of all of the days that like difficult things happened to us and we were saved from them and therefore we don't, you know, uh, fast on these days. So in, in describing Hanukkah, um, it says in Megillah's Tainus, in the scroll of the Tainus, that on the, on the 25th day of Kislev, Kislev, of the month of Kislev, there are eight days of Hanukkah. We don't eulogize on during these eight days, and we do not um, fast on any of these eight days. How come? 
Because when the Greeks entered in to the Beis Hamikdash, into the holy part of the into the Heichal, Timu they made impure all of the oil in the Heichal in the Beis Hamikdash. And when the um, kingdom of the house of the Chashmonaim um, um, was victorious, so they checked and they were only managed to find one jug of oil that still had the seal of the Kohen Gadol on it, that they were able to be certain that it was pure. The only problem was that there was only enough oil in that jug to last for one day's worth of, 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 of oil for the menorah in the base of Mikdash. And a miracle happened. And somehow they managed to be able to light from that oil for all eight days. Even though there was only enough for one day, Somehow they managed to, um, so the interesting thing is, it doesn't, right, it doesn't say here that they lit it and it remained lit for eight days. It doesn't say that. It says that they, 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 right, they were able to light from this oil for all eight days. Maybe it was like, you know, it just miraculously never ran out, or maybe they just took a little drop each day and somehow that lasted the whole day. But whatever it is, they were, you know, they, they managed to be able to ration from this bottle to last eight days, even though there's only enough for one day. And then the next year, they, um, they, they established these days to be, uh, Yom Tiv with, uh, Hallel, right, praise and thanks. Okay. That is what Hanukkah is. Tanan, awesome. We learn in Bavakama. Gets hayotze mitachas ha patish. If you have a blacksmith, and the, bla- the blacksmith is knocking away with his hammer. And a spark flies out from beneath his hammer. And it left his shop and it caused, and it caused damage. Well, Chayev. Okay. So, if you have a blacksmith, he's banging away with his hammer. A spark flies out, causes damage. Well then, right outside of his store. So then he's Chayev. Gamal Shaton Pishton. But what if you have a camel that is loaded with flax, with flammable flax, and the camel is passing through um, the public domain, and then the flax from the camel, from the camel entered into the um, store, uh, into a store, and it got lit by the candle of the store owner. Vidlik is Abira, and it lit, and it lit the whole building on fire. Balagamul Chayev. Well, in that case, the owner of the, uh, camel would be Chayev because, you know, his flax entered into somebody's private domain and ended up catching fire and lighting the whole building on fire. So the owner of the camel is, 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 is um, obligated to pay for that. However, if the candle of the store owner was not in his shop, it was outside of his shop, in the public domain, in Rosh Hashanah, well then the store owner is going to be chayv to pay for the burnt building. However, Rabbi Yehuda says, but 
if the fire was outside of the shop, outside of the shop, because it was is Hanukkah menorah, well then he's going to be pator because, um, as Rashi says, shebershus pirsum mitz shebershus pirsum mitzvah hinichasham. That because the store owner put that menorah outside of his uh, store with the permission, you know, so or, or sort of under the permission of pirsumenisa of publicizing the miracle. And since he was publicizing the miracle by putting his menorah outside the shesarabim, if the if, if, if then the flax of on, that's on the camel caught fire, the store owner would be putter because he was allowed to put his um, menorah there. Ravina Mishim Now Ravina says the name Rava is also married. This, 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 so this says Ner So this must mean that it's a mitzvah to put the Hanukkah candle within ten tefachim of the ground. Because if it enters your mind that right, 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 that you can put the Hanukkah menorah higher than ten tefachim off the ground, well then Well then. The owner of the camel, who's now on the hook to pay for this building that burnt down, he would just say to the store owner, like, okay, I understand that you wanted to put your Hanukkah menorah outside for Pursumenisa, that's great, but you should have at least put it higher than a camel and, 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 and its rider, meaning put it in a responsible place where it's not going to light things on fire. So from the fact that the owner of the camel cannot make that argument, it must be that, well, where else was the Store owner going to put his menorah. It has to be within ten tefachim of the ground. So the Gemara says, not necessarily. Maybe you could put the Hanukkah menorah higher than ten tefachim, which is very good because I imagine that many of us put our Hanukkah menorah in windows that are above ten tefachim from the ground. V'dilma imitar tuva asi No, maybe you really are allowed to put the uh, Hanukkah menorah above ten tefachim. However, the reason why the store owner was allowed to put his menorah on the floor in Rosh Hashanah, even though it was a hazard, was because we're concerned that if we, you know, make it too difficult for him to, 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 to light Hanukkah candles, that he's got to put it outside, but not just outside, he's got to put it high enough so that it doesn't cause any damage, and he's going to then just not do Hanukkah uh, menorah at all, and we don't want that, therefore we say no, put it outside, and, um, you know, if anything happens, you're off the hook because you were allowed to put it there, um, as Hanukkah menorah, which is interesting. That kilu, there's a mitzvah, and we're saying, you know, and we're concerned that well, maybe if we make it too complicated, we're not going to do the mitzvah. What do you mean? If there's a mitzvah, there's a mitzvah. Like, we're not, I don't think that we're usually concerned. Well, if we make the mitzvah too complicated, people are going to do it. Who cares? It's their fault. Like, they have a mitzvah to do. They have to do the mitzvah. What do you want? Even if it's complicated, there's lots of complicated mitzvahs. We're learning Masechta Shabbos now. There's lots of complicated stuff. So it's interesting. But uh, in any event. Okay, that seems to be the halacha. That you don't necessarily have to put it under, within 10 tefachim. Um, um, but if you put it within 10 tefachim, that, that, that's totally fine. Great. So now a uh, recap of what we learned today. So the first Amud, most of it was really dedicated to uh, continuing to define what um, are kosher wicks, kosher oils. You know, can you use a, 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 a you know, non, a, a Oil that wouldn't be okay if you add oil that is kosher, right? Things like that. Um, can you use these puzzle wicks in the Beis Hamikdash? And then we shift over already to um, Hanukkah, right? Which which wicks are we allowed to use for Hanukkah? 
right? Or the, the, the wicks that are possible on Shabbos can use them on, uh, on Chanukah. And we saw three different opinions um, about if we, you can use them during the week or if you can use them um, on Shabbos. Um, we got into what is the time that you should be lighting Hanukkah candles. That is from Shkia Sachama until there are no longer people in the Shuk anymore. How many candles do you light? The Machlok is between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel. Beis Hillel says you start at one and you go up to eight. Beis Shammai says you start at eight and you go down to one. That, of course, is only Mahajim and Mahajim, right? The mitzvah maker din is really just one candle per household. If you want to be Mahajim, then it's one candle per person. It's only Mahajim and Mahajim that we light all these candles for all these people. Then where do you put your menorah? Put it outside, outside of the, your door. And Hanukkah, of course, is the story of the Hashmonaim and the Greeks and the Tameh oil that they were able to use for eight days, even though there was only enough for one day. So very, very interesting, Daf. Hope everybody enjoyed. Have an awesome day. Peace.